Good evening, guys, and welcome back to Damo Speaks, and I'm your host, Damo. For this episode, it's going to be a part one. I think there's going to be three parts, and it's all about relationships. This part one episode is about my mom. The second part, thinking about relationships with your significant other. And the third, about friends. So, guys, let's hop into it. So, the relationship with my mom. It was great, y'all. It was a wonderful, wonderful relationship. For those of you who don't know, my mom passed in 2020. Right in the beginning when COVID hit. She had been battling breast cancer since I was 14. And she died when I was 21. So you guys can do the math. (laughs) It was hard, you guys, because my relationship, my bond with my mom was very, very close. I was basically the one that was with her through the beginning I went to every doctor's appointment went to every chemo session I saw her looking all healthy and everything to when she was only just skin and bone in hospice just laying there in a messed up medical bed in our home in the living room And I was the one who actually talked to her last. It was hard because I know some people never or sometimes don't get to say goodbye to their mom or whoever died. But I'm glad that I said my piece before she went. I remember April 4th, 2021. It was sometime around 10 p.m. We were watching her favorite biblical movie, The Ten Commandments. I was doing my college work for Ashford University. We were just watching together while I was writing a paper. And I was just talking about my day and stuff like that. And my sister, she came into the room, the living room for a little bit, but then had to go to the bathroom. And while she was in there, I was still talking to my mom about my day and everything. And about that stupid paper that I was supposed to be writing because I had writer's block (laughs) and I heard her start to wheeze like she couldn't breathe she was trying to catch her breath y'all and I don't know beginning of that week you guys I felt 
something in my heart and my soul that these were going to be her final days. So I told everybody to, hey, come and see her. I don't know when she's going, but hey, she touched your lives. Just try to give her a little peace, too, and her moments, okay? When I heard her wheeze, I told her, Mom, if it's your time to go, then let go. I'll be right here with you if you need anything. I'll be right here. And you know that. And that I love you so much. She stopped wheezing and looked at me and took a deep breath. And then I went back to my work, but she was still breathing, you guys. A second later, my my sister came out the bathroom and she took a pause in the hallway because we had the wall, but we had our knickknacks and stuff where you can see inside the living room. And she stopped to look at our mom. And we can tell that somebody's breathing because their chest goes up and down. And Cheyenne was like, is she breathing? And I'm like, yeah. I was just talking to her just a second ago. Then she came towards mom and me. And she checked and she told me, Nikki, she's not breathing. And I'm like, no, you lying. And I put my head on her chest. I didn't feel her move. I checked her pulse. I checked her nose to see if air was coming out. Nothing. Like, I was bawling into tears. My sister ran into the back to get my brother and my stepdad. You guys, that was the most saddest experience that I ever had in my life. Like, I was the last one to talk to her. But I said my peace with it. Like I told her, if it's your time to go, then go. We'll be okay. And that I love you. And I'll be right here with you by your side since day one. And then she went. I think she needed that push to let it go. To let go all that pain. To let go all the sorrow because... You guys, she even told me weeks beforehand that she was scared to die. She was scared to leave us because she knew that her kids weren't ready. She knew that I wasn't ready. But God had other plans. And with this, it made us stronger. My bond with my mom is the most deepest connection that I will ever feel in my life. Yes, I love my boyfriend to death, but my mom, that was on a whole different level. 
She was my confidant. She was my ride or die. She was my person. The first person that I ever want to see when I wake up. The first, the last person that I want to talk to and look at before I fall asleep. You guys, when she was alive, the first thing I woke up is go straight to her room. Like crap getting dressed for school or anything, brushing my teeth, washing my face. The first thing was to go up into her room and just sit with her and just watch the news a little bit until she tells me, Dominique, don't you need to get ready to go to school? Don't you need to get dressed? <laughs> or when I had those days where I didn't want to wake up at all and she would knock on my door like, hey, you know you need to get up, right? <laughs> and then the moment I get off the school bus or when I got off the city bus, and walk straight, um, walk those two, three blocks home. I don't go into no kitchen. I don't go to no bathroom. I don't even go to my room. I don't, go into, I don't even sit in the living room. I went straight to her room and just laid on her bed and tell her about my day. If I had a long, stressful day, you guys, I will lay down on her bed put my head on her legs because she was sitting in her chair right next to her bed. She would just stroke my hair and just ask me how was my day. And I would tell her everything about it. The people that was getting on my nerves, the people that I didn't like, the people that I did like, what I did in school, everything. Ooh, even at work, you guys, too, when I get off at 9 or 10, first thing I do, crap homework, go straight to her, tell her about my day, because usually my stepdad picked me up. So, of course, don't talk about, aunt, didn't talk to him about my day. I wanted my mom to be the first person. And now, I have so many things that I want to say to her, but I can't even say it because she's not here. And yes, I do pretend that she is here, you guys, because since now I'm living in my aunt's house, her ashes, her urn is downstairs in the dining room, and I just take take her urn out the cabinet, put it on the dining room table. And I just actually start talking to her like she's there. Because that's the connection that I have with her. I don't know what my brother and my sister do. But since I was, I think, more close to her than them, of course her death is going to hit me hard. Shoot, I'm even the first person to get a tattoo of her name and a breast cancer symbol with the year that she was born to the year that she passed. Like, come on, y'all. If your mom was diagnosed first, actually, with stage two breast cancer, and then a doctor comes in and tells her that, okay, it's stage two, we can get all the cancer cells out, 
yada, 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 go through the surgery. But the doctor spread the cancer cells more and then fled. And then now you, with a whole new team, a whole new doctor, I say a whole new team with doctors, and they tell you that you stage four, and you got to start chemo right away and everything. Yeah, that'll hit you. <laughs> that will hit you so hard. Like, going to the hospital almost every single day, you guys. Now, I hate hospitals. I never want to go to a hospital. Heck, I don't even want to get a checkup. But I still go. I need to get my health in order, too. So every single time I set foot in the hospital, I just think about her. I don't even, I can't even go into freighter, you guys. Because freighter was the one that messed her up. I don't want to even go there. The thought of me stepping inside a freighter hospital is a freaking hell no. Fuck out of here. I can't do it. No. Not a damn chance in hell. When hell freezes over, then take my ass to freighter. But if hell's not freezing over, then don't take my ass there. I had to change catheters. I had to drain fluid from her lungs. I had to watch her shave her head bald because her hair was coming out. I watched her not eat the favorite foods that she liked. I watched her become less independent. Knowing my mom loved her independence. She loved it. She didn't want nobody doing anything for her. Shoot, when we even asked her to, like, hey, do you need help in the kitchen? She was like, nope, get out of here. This is my kitchen. Don't touch nothing. Don't be up in here while I'm in here. Or when I try to help her with the garden, like, don't touch nothing. I got it. She liked it her own structural ways. She loved that independency, and I admire her for that. But sometimes, of course, people need help. And I know that was the hardest thing she had ever had to do was ask her 14, 15-year-old daughter to help her out. I know it got bad over the years. You guys, it was like a whole complete different change. Every day was something different that I would notice. I don't know if my siblings noticed it, but of course I did. And you guys, it was hard for me to go to Ball State in the fall after I got out of high school. She knew that I wanted to get out of Wisconsin. And she pushed me for it, despite even the tuition being so much. Now, I didn't have a full ride like she told everybody. 
I had some scholarship money, but I still had to pay for some things. But it's it's something. Like I would call and check up on her and everything. When I get home, she was completely different, you guys. When she dropped me off that first day to winter break, she changed completely. She was more skinnier. She didn't have no appetite. Her eyes were getting dull. They weren't shining like they were like they were supposed to. It was like life was sucking was sucking it out of her. Like the cancer was killing her even more, killing her spirit. And she found out while I was, I guess, in school when I got back to campus, she found that the cancer spread to her brain and she had a tumor. And you guys, as loyal as I am to my mom, I would have dropped school if she would have told me that. Like, no lie, I would have dropped out of school because that's my mom. I don't know when she's going to go, and I don't want to be 13 hours away from her. I couldn't even say goodbye, and I didn't want that. But luckily, she didn't say nothing to me, and all the chats that we had, and all the video calls that we had, she didn't say anything. She kept it from me, especially my siblings. I don't know how they did it, or I don't think they told her. I told I think I didn't think she told them either. But it was a pretty hard secret for her to keep from me. And right when summer break hit and everything I'm back at home I'm good I went to her doctor's appointment and I found out and that hurted me so much you guys she kept this from me for three three months and she didn't even say a word. She could have died at any given moment within those three months, you guys. And that hurted me because like, why would you keep something like that from me? And I was with you from day one. But I know that she wanted me to pursue my dreams. But I'm glad that she told me. And I was there for her every single day helping cook clean going to her doctor's appointments and everything trying to find a job like it was good life was good and then all of a sudden the coronavirus and 
all around Asia and stuff started to happen and it was hard for her to go to the doctor in the last doctor's appointment saying that the chemo wasn't working and it it was that we had to put her in hospice and she was already working with the cane you guys first she used to walk by herself then with the cane and then she was confined to a damn wheelchair We took her outside one time when it was nice because she wanted to see outside. And that was the last time she saw outside. Because after that day, she was immobile. She couldn't get up by herself. She couldn't talk. She The only thing she would eat was actually not eat, drink, with her protein shakes. We tried to feed her real actual food because my brother was cooking. But it still didn't work. I remember that day that my stepdad was praying and telling her, come on, baby, you need to eat something. We still have this trip to go to in Mississippi in June or July, he said. We need you to get better. And she didn't get better after that. And it's it just amazed me how wonderful she was and how much she gave to so many people. But in her last days, not that many people even considered to, you know, come visit her at least. And I think the people who did come to see her, I really do, I appreciate you guys. But those who didn't, You missed out. Like, you really missed out. But you guys, I'm sorry for the crying and everything, but this is a touchy subject that really is close to my heart. My mom was everything to me she was the air that I breathed and to see her go that will ever replay in my mind okay guys I'm trying to get it together I'm trying to get it together for real for real um Well, that's all for today, you guys. That's 
all about my mom and our relationship and how close our bond is. I just want to say to everyone, don't hate your moms. They can be a little eh, iffy at some times, but never tell your mother that you hate her. This is the lady that gave you life. And I know to all you black mamas out there, y'all famous quote, I gave you life and I could take, like, what's the quote? Like, I give you life and I could take it away or something like that. <laughs> but if your mom is going through her whatever's with doing with drugs and alcohol, look, something like that. I know it's bad. Like she will need to get help when she wants it. And I pray that you both would will find a light at the end of the tunnel. But once she gets cleaned, you guys, she'll be the best mother that she can be. She'll regret every second of what the drugs and alcohol and everything she did. I know my mom did. She was trying to make that up. But try to be patient with your moms. Try to love them for who they are. If they need help, try to get them help. If they don't want any help, then just pray. But do better for you. Okay? And I guess that's my last message. <laughs> um, the next part to this is going to be about the relationship with your significant others. And I don't know when that's going to drop, but I will post it on my Facebook, my Snapchat, and my TikTok. So you guys go follow me on those platforms. I will put that down in the description box too for you guys to follow me. And I hope you guys have a blessed night or blessed morning, midday, or wherever you guys are at. Um, but everybody stay humble. Love one another. Stop the violence. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.